Hey guys, what's up? And welcome to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. This is episode number 11, an interview with Dr. Nicole Bringer of Mamas and Mrs. Physical Therapy. In this episode, we discuss how she got started in her passion of physical therapy, how that led to creating her own business, and why she feels so purposeful working in women's health. I really enjoyed recording this episode with Nicole. It was so fun to watch her face light up because of her passion that she has for what she does. You can tell that she is really helping to change lives with the revolutionary products and services that she's offering to women. Her goal is to offer accessible solutions so mamas can go from surviving to thriving in their role. If you plan to be a mom one day, are an expecting mom, or are a new mom, be sure to check out the show notes so that you can have access to all of the links that we will mention throughout the show. Without further ado, here is the interview with myself and Nicole. Enjoy. Welcome to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast, Nicole. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So I'm really excited for our conversation today. Um, you own a business called Mamas and Mrs. Physical Therapy. Yeah. yeah. And how long have you owned this company? Uh, it's been about seven months. Okay. I've been up and running. Okay. Awesome. So what... What is your background? I guess maybe let's start with like, did you go to school for physical therapy? And then what led you to starting Mamas and Misses? Yeah, so I did. Um, I've known since like high school I wanted to go into physical therapy. I never imagined I would end up in women's health. Yeah. Um, but I love that like with physical therapy you can be active and you can promote activity and movement and you get to work with people. So I love yeah. that. And um, so I went and I got my associates first, worked, realized, yep, I do love it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then in 2016, I graduated from Grand Valley with um, a doctorate degree in physical therapy. And I've worked in a few different areas of therapy. But I realized I wanted to start my own business when I actually got pregnant myself okay. um, back in 2017, 18. Okay. Um, and kind of selfishly, I was like, hey, physical therapists can do a lot with moms. And so yeah. I really wanted to learn more about how I could help moms and then also help myself. Yeah. Two birds, one stone. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so when, but when I started trying to get to physical therapy appointments myself and then thinking about like how other moms were going to get to appointments I realized that a big barrier is one scheduling appointments like mm. as a mom it like kind of makes you sweat to schedule appointments yeah because you're like what if the baby's sleeping or what if they need to eat how am I going to entertain them gotcha so I kind of came up with the idea what if I went to the moms and so this is really like a in-home therapy business or I do like virtual video or phone consults okay and that way moms can schedule it around nap time or they can like entertain the kids kind of in their own space. Yeah. And then it's just one less barrier because I wanted it to be really accessible to lots of moms. Yeah. Yeah. So you were going to physical therapy after you had your first baby to like gain strength and all that. That's where you're talking about. It was like hard to schedule the appointments because of that fear of like, what do I do with the baby? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, to give you just a little background on my birth, um, my pregnancy was not complicated. Um, I The delivery itself wasn't too complicated until the end. So I it was a pretty quick like labor and delivery, so that was fine. Mm -hmm. um, but when it came time to push, um, I ended up needing an episiotomy. Okay. Um, which there's different degrees of how severe they are, and mine was somewhere in the middle. And so um, there was a lot of healing that needed to be done with that okay. um, to be able to exercise, even like to walk around the grocery store for several weeks was <laughs> like painful well, for me. Okay. So. Sorry for my ignorance, but what yeah. is a piece of meat? Yeah. A piece of <laughs> For maybe sure. listeners that don't know either. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how graphic you want me to get, but I'll try to keep it but, like, yeah. family friendly. <laughs> um, so basically, um, a, um, so... 
you have the opening for the baby to come out and sometimes your skin will like tear to make oh. room for the baby. Um, in my case though, my skin didn't stretch or tear on its own. They actually like made an incision and okay. cut. Um, and then depending on the degree, and so mine was uh, like somewhere between a second and a third, they ended up, they sew it up okay. to kind of like get it back to where it was when you started. Gotcha. So lots of scar tissue, as you could imagine. Right. <laughs> so then going to physical therapy, they're giving you exercises to like heal and strengthen and rebuild basically. Yeah, exactly. It would be like um, if you had, you know, you broke your leg or something, there's like all those layers and muscles, they sew them all back together. So there's not a lot of elasticity there. Mm-hmm. Um, which can cause pain and then there's like trigger points in there just like if you had a neck injury or back injury so they do we do like a lot of hands-on work okay addressing those sore spots okay um and then uh exercises come with it but to be like really honest like um sex and exercise are really painful if you've had any type of like injury like that like tearing exactly okay yeah um uh yeah from friends that I know because For listeners, I do not have kids and I'm not pregnant, so I've not gone through the experience of becoming a mother, but I have talked to friends who have dealt with the tearing issue, Mm -hmm. and so I can imagine it would be painful, and so now this is something that you work with women to address, to realize, to help them understand they don't have to live with this pain, even though maybe back in the day, I don't know how long back, or maybe people still believe that this is just something that happens when you, or could potentially happen to you when you have kids, and something that you might just have to live with. Yeah, and actually that kind of fuels my fire, my passion (laughs) for my business, is I just want to empower women with the knowledge of kind of Things that commonly happen after childbirth, after childbirth, mm-hmm. versus um, what's normal function after childbirth, and sometimes that line gets blurred. And so, even um, like OBGYNs and providers that see these things a lot, some of them are still telling women like, "Oh, like um, peeing when you sneeze or exercise is mm-hmm. that's just what happens," or pain with sex or pain with exercise is just what happens because you've had a baby. Mm. And while it is common, it doesn't have to stay that way. And that's where women's health physical therapy is a huge resource that I wish more people knew about. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually someone that I reached out to prior to this podcast. She said that when she sneezed, she was peeing and she has had one kid and is actually also pregnant with her second. Okay. For listeners, Nicole's also pregnant <laughs> with her segment, second. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's awesome that things have changed over time, that we're learning these things, the, this pain that women thought they had to just live with forever. It doesn't have to be that way. And just um, from my background as a strength and conditioning coach and working with people you know, who are more who maybe are more focused on body image, which mm-hmm. it's not the total picture, but people thought that, you know, when you had a baby, the body that you had before that is just, like, no longer, like, your life is forever changed and just accept this new, like, mom bod, quote-unquote. Uh-huh. And so that's, I think, prob- probably s- similar to what you see of, like, okay, you don't have to... Well, I guess things have changed over time that we learned that you have a baby and you can go back to what your body was before or you feel stronger in your new body. And like, yeah, so body image, I think the way that culture has perceived it after childbirth, it's different now than what we used to believe, you know, years ago. Yeah, I'm so glad to see that progress. I think we still have a ways to go, but yeah, yeah. like whether it's for body image purposes or just function. Yeah, and health. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of reasons why it's important to address these things. Yeah, to share your knowledge and passion, obviously, and like you said, empower women to know that there are there's possibility and hope and yeah, you can totally make all that happen exactly yeah so that makes me think when okay so you were in college during what time period um I graduated uh with my doctorate in 16 2016 okay so while you were going through physical therapy school were you taught anything related to like women's health yeah so we had I think like two lectures so the the program itself is three years long Mm -hmm. (laughs) and pretty much year round. And I think we had two 
two or three hour lectures on women's health. Okay. So it's basically enough to um, just give you a taste of it. So if you're interested, you could pursue it on your own. Mm-hmm. Or um, just like, so sometimes we think, oh, a physical therapist, they're all the same. But even we should be referring to specialists within our totally. field. Yeah. So um, I think it's good to just know that that's out there. So if someone comes into our clinic or we run across a patient that has that issue, we can refer them to someone with that specialty. Gotcha. I was just wondering, because I, like I was saying, I've seen more and more women online who are using the platform of the internet or Instagram specifically to teach other women about these things that they've learned through personal experience, because not to like stereotype, but a lot of male doctors or a lot of males were doctors in the past. Yep. Um, it's getting, it's shifting. So more women are becoming doctors. Mm-hmm. But in the past, when more men have been doctors, they weren't experiencing pregnancy themselves, obviously. Right. So they didn't know exactly what the woman was feeling. And so I think that's a huge part of why so much is shifting is just more women being in the field and having these experiences, you know, going through pregnancy and childbirth and being like, there has to be a way that I can overcome these issues that I'm facing. So we're seeing all these cultural shifts, and it's super um, inspiring to yeah. to watch. Absolutely. We always say that, like, rather than just going and talking to providers, like, if we can educate women and then they tell their provider about the experience they mm. had, like, they are our best. They're their own best advocate and also an advocate for what we can do in our profession. Absolutely. So... So the mission of your business is to help women to figure or to understand that there are more uh, options out there than just living with whatever concerns they're currently facing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are like the main types of issues would you say that you come across and address? Yeah, so uh, it kind of depends when they seek out my services, but for women that are interested in seeing a physical therapist during pregnancy, um, we can talk about ways that they can maintain some of their core and pelvic floor strength during their pregnancy. Um, We talk about some of the ways that you should and maybe shouldn't exercise during pregnancy. Um, A lot of advice that was given is just like, listen to your body, Hmm. but sometimes we don't know what that means exactly it's yeah, kind of vague. absolutely <laughs> it's like so, how do I do that <laughs> right so kind of like what things specifically you're looking for to say okay maybe stay away from that or continue doing this and then also we can help women talk about different labor positions and delivery positions to avoid that tearing and episiotomy that we were talking about yeah um, there are different positions that research has shown decreases your risk of tearing and also ways that you can um, push during delivery to um, protect your pelvic floor. Mm. So that's kind of what we do during pregnancy. And if the most common things we see after pregnancy are women that are suffering from incontinence um, or painful sex, or they just want to get back to their normal exercise routine and they're not really sure where to start. Okay. So that's kind of most common things. Okay. Um, I don't know if this has a technical term, which it probably does I think it does um, when you have splitting in your abdomen? Yeah, that was something. Uh, someone I reached out to prior to this, she said she is I think close to thirty seven, or probably a little past thirty seven weeks now, okay. and she uh, was experiencing some of that. At least she believes she is. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of probably hard to tell when you're pregnant. You, you actually can. Yeah, oh, can you, you can feel it pretty well. Uh, it, the technical term is diastasis recti okay. or DRA, some people call it. Okay. But yeah, definitely. So you have like specific exercises you would take someone through that's experiencing that or? Yeah. So during your pregnancy, um, the best thing that you can do is, um, well, let's start with the, at the beginning. We know <laughs> that your um, abdominal muscles are probably going to separate to some degree during pregnancy, just mm-hmm. the nature of like gaining so much weight so quickly, right? Um, unless you really carry your baby and stay really small the whole time. So we can. There's ways you can avoid making that separation bigger. And one of the things is if you're doing activities where you notice that your abdomen is like coning or doming in the front and coming to a point, it means that your abdominal strength, your core strength that you have isn't enough for whatever activity you're trying to do. Hmm. So we can teach you ways to um, 
avoid those activities and then use your breathing and like your deep core muscles right. um, to try to avoid that happening. Okay. You can do a little bit of core strengthening, um, but to say you're going to stop that separation is kind of questionable. <laughs> right. It probably depends person to person. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like it depends on where is their core strength when they get pregnant it to does. determine like are the activities they're doing maybe pushing their body too much at this point of where they are with their pregnancy. Yeah. So it probably depends person to person too if you would say like don't do core exercises or like yeah. what kind of guidance you would give. Yeah, I think that everyone can do a little bit of core exercises, but I think the real question is what are they imagining when they think core exercises? Mm. Um, so for most women, like doing a sit up or a crunch during pregnancy is a bad idea because you're probably going to see a lot of that coning in the front Mm -hmm. or some high level core stuff. Um, like even planks later on in your pregnancy might be too much. And when you have the weight of your baby, yeah, pulling you down (laughs) and gravity, (laughs) plus that's a pretty, you know, pretty hardcore exercise to really activate your core. But if you know how to activate your deep core muscles, you can be activating them when you do squats, when you do lunges, when you mm. do arm exercises. So I really try to promote core strengthening um, with all those activities yeah. and focusing more on that than straight core exercises. Gotcha. So just learning how to engage them almost at all times. Like obviously you're not always conscious of it, but yeah. when you're exercising, at least knowing what that feels like rather than just trying to do strict core movements. Yeah. And okay. like for your friend that has a little one at home already, anytime we're lifting them up or setting them down mm. or moving them around, if we're activating our core to try to prevent that separation, gotcha. that can be helpful. Gotcha. And then really what you want to do is after you have your baby, um, there's things you can start doing right away, not like push-ups and sit-ups and all that stuff, but like um, just belly breathing where you're really focusing on your breathing and very gentle like deep core activation. Um, I do have a handout if you want to put it in your show notes if people are interested. (laughs) Because sometimes what happens is we don't see anybody until six weeks. Okay. And for somebody like probably a lot of the people you work with, yeah. um, they want to start doing something before right six weeks. <laughs> yeah. And truly, when you hit six weeks, nothing magical has happened. So it's really good to be doing stuff during those first six weeks and mm-hmm. gradually building up. Yeah. So that when you're ready to try exercising again. It's not a complete like <laughs> run into the wall. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> like it's. Yeah, it would be crazy to go from zero to 100 just because you went to an appointment yeah. and you said you're cleared. Yeah, <laughs> so I, uh, your point on resources, is there any, like, favorite books you've read on this topic or, like, continuing education in case, like, listeners wanted to go out and do a little bit of their own research to be empowered? Yeah, you know, I can't really think of any books um, on the topic, um, of course, like there's research articles. If you mm-hmm. were to look for that type of thing and you looked up diastasis recti, you could find a few things, although there's still a lot of research to be done, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, but there's like some people on social media that have, um, I would really trust, like they put out a lot of exercises and activities to kind of give you guidance on what is safe and they really okay. walk you through like, because breath work is a huge part of core and pelvic floor strength yeah. after pregnancy. And so you really want to find someone that's going to talk about those things um, to safely exercise again. That was going to be one of my questions too, was <laughs> do you do breath work with clients? Because I know like in weightlifting it's important and yoga they go over it too, but that's yeah. more for like mental health purposes. Yeah. But I imagine for pregnant women, both of those instances would be... Or postpartum, you know, it's, yeah. it's very important. Yeah, like you said, like with the yoga and stuff, it's great for healing in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then also, if you think of your core as kind of like a soup can, and you've got your diaphragm as the top, and your pelvic floor as the bottom, your stomach muscles or abs as the front, and your back muscles as the back, when you do something like run, jump, or sneeze, like that pressure has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if we don't use our breath to let it out, a lot of times it goes out the next weakest point, which is our pelvic floor mm. or our ab muscles if we do have that separation. Gotcha. So it's super important 
to use um, our breath work in order to maintain uh, good strength of our pelvic floor and core. So, yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Where else? So we talked about a little bit about your mission. Um, if you knew you wanted to do this. Your demographic, obviously, is moms. Um, so resources. Where could people... Well, you said you have the resource on the breathing techniques. What else are yeah, like resources so, you have for clients? Yeah, so the handout, that particular handout, is basically talks about the three things you can do during those first six weeks, which is breathing, pelvic floor work, and then core strengthening. Mm-hmm. So that's something that people could have print out. Um, otherwise, I have a few different ways that I put out information And my biggest one is probably YouTube. So I have a Mamas and Misses YouTube channel. And I do like five to seven minute videos on common topics. Like let's say you're having a lot of pubic symphysis pain during your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Or you have questions about like how do I deal with incontinence? Like I want to run again. Right. Um, Different videos um, on that. And so... And Those that would are ap- just free. <laughs> that would apply to like if people are jumping too and having issues with peeing a little bit while mm-hmm. they're jumping. Okay. Yeah, uh, there's kind of a progression for that, and basically you break it down into small steps, and you, it, just like if you were training for, you know, a marathon or like a lifting competition, you mm-hmm. don't start with the heaviest weight. Yeah. Or the biggest distance, you break it down and you start small and you build progress. From there. Right. Yeah. So I have a few of those. Um, for sure. And then on Instagram, I think it's a great platform, like you've already mm-hmm. mentioned, to just put tons of free information out there. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, though, uh, you do need some personalized advice. And mm-hmm. so I have on my website, mamasandmisses.com, um, there's lots of ways that you could reach out with, like like I said, phone, even phone and video consults work pretty well. Yeah. Because people can ask, like, more personalized questions. Yep. In video, I can demonstrate stuff, and they can show me, and I can say, well, maybe it's not working because your form isn't quite right. Yep. <laughs> it's just, it's way easier than email because right. email takes forever <laughs> to type out, and it's like, I can just talk with you in person over the phone, like you said, via video, and yeah. get that face-to-face interaction and be able to provide way more value to a client that manner yeah exactly and this is my um newest mission is to make something like a postpartum education as normal as like a birth course oh mm. uh, it's kind of interesting how many things we do to get ready for having babies like we do a birth class and we make a registry and we get all this stuff that we bring into our home and yeah. we read all the books and we ask for lots of advice but then we never ask questions about how am I going to heal after I have my baby and I just don't think it's fair to ourselves. I mean, you've carried around a baby for nine months and to expect that your body is just going to go back to how it was or that you'll just kind of figure it out. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So I created kind of a, not kind of, it is like a <laughs> postpartum birth class, basically. That's awesome. And it talks about all different things. Like if you had an injury during birth, like how can you breastfeed in different ways to avoid tailbone pain or back pain? Um, to how can you safely lift your baby? Mm-hmm. It also talks about things like incontinence and returning to sex. A lot of the common questions that I found my clients were asking. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say it. Kind of, you know, as an entrepreneur and you're building your business, you have this idea of what you envision it's going to be, and then you have your own personal experiences through pregnancy and childbirth that yeah. you're like this is something I learned and other people need to know. So you start offering that as value and then you start seeing other clients and learning about their concerns. And then it just kind of starts growing and you're like, oh my gosh, like I, I need to help more people because there's so many women who don't know these uh, solutions that I'm learning along the way. Yeah. Um, so online courses, you have the one that you just talked about that mm-hmm. you have developed. Do you offer any other online courses? Um, so basically what it is is the big course is like 10 different topics and modules. So that's like the big course. But if you just have questions about incontinence or just exercise, we broke it down into um, smaller courses too. So okay. it's, it would be the same material that's in the big course, but some people don't want to – don't. They feel like they just have questions in one specific area. So just to give people kind of options. I'm hoping in the future to come up with, like, courses about best ways to deliver your baby without injuring yourself. But 
that's a work in progress. So maybe in the future. I think, <laughs> yeah, postpartum depression is a topic I've definitely heard a lot of women discuss. It's like exactly what you said. They spend all this time preparing for the baby and now it's, now the baby's here and then you're just like, you know, kind of a little crisis mm-hmm. of like, okay, now who, what happens with me? So I think that's a amazing um, service or product that you're offering that I think a Thank lot you. of women will uh, benefit from. So if they were to buy the big package of the online course, mm-hmm. would that be like one price and then the separate videos are like se- uh, a, a different a cost? Less, yep, a okay. reduced cost. And actually with the big um, course right now, um, it has all the videos. So every module has videos and it has handouts you can print out. But I actually am doing offering a 30-minute like phone conversation with That's me too. Because awesome. I okay. feel like sometimes you watch it and you might still have some unanswered questions. So Or just, just like, which one do you think is best for me? <laughs> like based on, I mean, you know the products probably better than right. they would. So Yeah. So okay. That's a way that they can reach out personally and get get questions answered if they feel like something wasn't answered in the course. Okay. So you offer free handouts. We've Mm -hmm. gone over Mm -hmm. the online courses. You offer services of consultations. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you are currently doing? Oh, that's the bulk of it right okay. now. I Which not to say that that's not <laughs> enough because that's a lot. I'm sure you stay yeah, busy. <laughs> no, I think too something in the future is a way to get like I love this podcast and the opportunity because I think moms are really busy. And so mm. a way that they could listen to the information yeah. and be doing all the other mom stuff that they have to do. Yeah. So um, that's another kind of goal is to come up with some kind of audio book or something to okay get information out there. Yeah, just the more you can share, the better, right? Yeah, I want it to be accessible for people, and I want I want people to know that this exists because it makes my heart hurt when you hear moms say that, oh, yeah, I had a baby five years ago, and I've just been dealing with this since then because mm-hmm. nobody told me there was a way to fix this problem. Yeah, So absolutely. So do you work, um, you take in-person and virtual clients, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And is it just like within Michigan or the whole U.S. or global? Yeah, or? so the in-person, obviously, I kind of stick to West Michigan. Yeah. Um, but the virtual, yeah, I can see anyone um, in the U.S. or anyone that has phone service or yeah. <laughs> internet connection. So, awesome. Yeah. Okay. So to regain core strength and stability, maybe you could give like a little bit of an idea of like some exercises people could do for Mm -hmm. that if they are just had the baby and they're looking to like implement some stability and strength back into the routine. Yeah. So one of the biggest questions um, that I want to know is, can you um, activate your deep core muscles? So I know like the, your rectus abdominis or your six pack muscles, they get all the publicity. Mm -hmm. um, But I want to know if you can activate your deep core muscles. And so um, just for listeners, if you want to play along, but basically the best way to find those is if you find your that pokiest bone in the front of your hips and you go in about an inch from that and you draw your belly button towards your spine. And when you do that, you should feel a little bit of tension under your fingers. So first of all, like just in a laying or a sitting position, can you make those muscles turn on and off? Hmm. And then where I like to go from there is I like to do a lot of really functional stuff. So I wanna know, can you activate that muscle when you're doing a, like a squat, and I'm not talking about like with a squat bar, obviously that's later. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Back to if, progression. <laughs> right. But if you're just like, you know, a new mom and you're feeling like a lot better and you want to start doing a few things at home, like, can you just like get up and down off the couch doing a squat with activating that core muscle? Gotcha. Hands and knees is, um, a really great functional position that mm-hmm. we do a lot of core strengthening in. So, Um, An exercise I like to do is can you draw your belly button up and in and activate your deep core and lift. You start with just easy like one arm off the ground Mm -hmm. um, and keep your back flat Mm -hmm. and not hold your breath. (laughs) Yeah. And then then you try with each leg and then can you do opposite arm and opposite leg. Um, And that's like a pretty basic core strengthening that you can do. Okay. Um, But I like to stick with a lot of functional positions at first you know can you keep it activated during um, a lunge or you know just lifting weights out to the side like lifting your arms up and down out to the side yeah 
um, and can, can you maintain your core nice and tight while you're exhaling? And then for women after birth, your pelvic floor is another place that usually needs some attention. Totally. So, and that all works together. You want to exhale, you want to draw in your belly button, and you want to lift your pelvic floor together. So squeeze together and up. So sometimes that takes a lot of coordination. Yeah. Especially after childbirth, something about that brain-body connection kind of goes out the window. Yeah. (laughs) Just like an injury, you know, if you had a broken ankle, you'd have to do a lot of, like, training on balance and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's kind of similar to that. So what do you say to new moms who reach out to you and they're like, okay, I really want to take these steps to heal, you know, whatever happened during pregnancy or childbirth, Mm -hmm. Um, but they just feel like, like, I just need to focus on my attention on the baby. Like, I don't feel like I have time for myself Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. take care of myself. (laughs) I'm sure you hear that from clients. Yeah. Yes. That is definitely another barrier to why people don't reach out. And my biggest response to that is that if you think about all the things that you do for your baby and your family, and you think about if something happens to you like an injury, um, because let's face it, like moms are lifting and moving stuff constantly. So let's say you get a back injury or a shoulder injury, or, or you just don't take care of your health in general and something more serious happens, if you're not there to take care of your family, who is going to do all the things that you do? Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, health is something that once you can't go back necessarily. Yeah. And you have to take the time and, and put in the work to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't take care of your family if you're not healthy. At your best. Yeah. And the other thing is that your kids, as they grow up, they're learning from you. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that you find health important and if you do, the only way your kids are really going to learn that is if they see you role modeling that. Absolutely. That's a super good point. I see that in my clients as well. It's like, unfortunately, a lot of us will not make our health a priority until we are forced to. Right. And it's not to say that it's too late at that point, but we just, it's so easy to take it for granted when you are feeling healthy mm-hmm. and just rolling through life, working and taking (laughs) care of all the everyday responsibilities. And then, like you said, an injury happens or whatever. And then it's like, oh my goodness, like my health was so important when I was able to do everything that I needed to do. Yeah. So it can be a wake up call. So hopefully with your services (laughs) and products, people can uh, not have that fear of reaching out because they understand the importance of of their own health and well-being. So do you offer, um, the yoga teacher in me wants to know, (laughs) do you offer like any like mental health guidance along the way for postpartum or? Um, I think it's very important, but I don't feel that I'm qualified to provide that. So I would highly recommend like someone with more of a counseling or psychology degree. Yeah. Um, but I do try to just bring awareness to the signs of it. Um, because like you said, it's something that I... I don't think we prepare for, and sometimes our family notices it, but they're not really sure, like, how to say, hey, are you okay? Absolutely. So I think just knowing the signs of it um, so that you can reach out. But yeah, that's a very important piece of postpartum recovery. So that would be where you would refer to a specialist in that area. (laughs) Yeah, you're right on. (laughs) So you kind of touched already on, like, the most, uh, like, how you would address, like, prenatal pregnancy and postpartum, but are there any like specific questions that you get most frequently from clients related to like each of those phases or do you feel like you touched on those already? Um, I would say mostly like the biggest thing is like, uh, people that want to get back to being active and just the incontinence. Okay. Like running and jumping and things like that. That's something that Women respond in two ways. Either they just, like, think, oh, I must be working out really hard if I'm peeing a little Mm, bit. Gotcha. Or they just avoid those activities altogether. Okay. And um, really, there's a lot of things you can do to strengthen your pelvic floor and to solve that problem. Um, I think I did kind of mention already, it's basically just breaking down the activity and taking really small steps. Yeah. um, Rather than grabbing the heaviest dumbbell and doing it with poor form and quality you yeah. just break it down and you take small steps until you solve the problem gotcha 
So, um, what, as, okay, you were pregnant the first time, did you feel like there was any, like, profound things you learned along the way the first time? And then I want to know, compared to the second time, (laughs) the learnings, like, related to what you're currently doing? Yeah, um, I would say, like you've already touched on, like, taking the time to take care of myself, I feel like I'm a lot more aware of this second time around. Okay. Um, and not just with, like, I am trying to work on my pelvic floor and my core strength more this time around, which I think has helped a lot. I'm experiencing a lot less low back pain this time. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but then also using other resources, like, um, there's chiropractors that specialize in prenatal care and trying to prepare my body really for labor and delivery because, Mm. I see labor and delivery, especially if you're hoping for a natural vaginal delivery. It's like, it's a big event. It's yeah. something you want to train for. Gotcha. So I'm definitely paying a lot more attention to how I'm preparing for that on okay. the second birth. Okay. Um, with my biggest goals being, I don't, I don't want to have an episiotomy this time around. Right. <laughs> or need that. Or Understandably so. <laughs> um, and there are definitely... Like I said, positions you can use during labor and delivery to avoid that, as well as some stretching you can do um, to um, prevent those kind of things. So I'm planning on doing those things, too. Gotcha. Um, I just had a question, really, to what you were saying. <laughs> um, so the second time, being pregnant again, um, I lost it. <laughs> Dang it. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Self care. You have to. You have to make time for it. Oh, it was related to okay because I follow you on social media, mm-hmm. um, and I saw that you posted something related to a doula. Mm-hmm. So do you do you have like recommendations to women about that? I know that might be a little outside of scope of your yeah. services, but yeah, I mean, so doulas. If- there's one thing I can say about them is they are the one person in the room, well, probably besides like your support person, that is focusing all their attention on you mm. and during labor and delivery. And they can be as involved as you want or sit back if they need to, mm-hmm. if you have a great doula. And so I highly recommend them. Um, for my first pregnancy, we hired one. Um And I thought it was well worth the investment because you just never know, especially with your first, like if you're going to be in labor for 48 hours, uh, that's a lot for your support person to be the only person that's that's really attending to you and helping you manage the pain that comes with childbirth. Yeah. Um, Especially for people that, again, want that natural vaginal delivery. Um, There's, it's tough. And it can feel like a marathon. And so just having that person that's um, helping you with comfort measures, they mm-hmm. can do a lot of things to make you more comfortable. And they're also just another advocate for you. So sometimes in a hospital, it starts with like one small intervention and then it leads into this whole cascade of interventions. Mm-hmm. And if you are really trying to avoid things like C-section, um, they can just help remind you to ask questions. They'll mm-hmm. never... Um, make a medical decision for you or butt in. But, um, the doula that I use through gold coast doulas, they, uh, see you a couple times before the pregnant or before the labor and delivery and at the hospital. And they kind of ask you like, what are your goals? What do you want me to help you with there? Mm. And they can just help, um, remind you of, Oh, I think you were going to ask this question. Mm. And then you or your support person can actually communicate that with the providers. But gotcha. just sometimes you get in the heat of that moment and you are not thinking. Yeah, clearly. totally. <laughs> I imagine so. Yeah. Lots of distractions and pain and all that stuff. So they can just kind of help remind you of that. They can help coach you through breathing and all doulas are certified in different things like hypnobirthing or, you know, some even can act as lactation consultants mm. after. So okay. They're just a really great resource. Um, Actually, one of the doulas that I am friends with reminded me, too, that they know a lot of resources in the community that you can utilize after you have your baby as well. That's a great point. So so I was going to ask, like you said, a few weeks before you can work with them before you have the baby Mm -hmm. to kind of like do a consultation, figure out what, what are your goals. Um, but is there like a general amount of time of like how long someone would work with a doula prior to having the baby and then after having the baby? 
Yeah, I mean, I only have personal experience with one uh, company, Gold Coast Doulas, but mm -hmm. I think typically they see you maybe one or two times before the birth, really okay. just to kind of know what the plan is. Gotcha. And then, I mean, they don't know how the birth is going to go just like you don't. Right. So they're just there. And a lot of times you call them when you're ready for them to come. Sometimes that's really early on for us. Things were going pretty well the whole time, so we really didn't call her in until the last hour or so That's of the awesome. whole process. Wow. But it was nice to know that they were available yeah. to us. You had that extra like asset and someone to rely on rather than... Because that would be a lot. That's a long time, and you don't know how long you're going to be in labor for your right. partner to be the only one for you to be like putting all of that uh, reliance on. <laughs> yeah. Truly for me, one of my biggest motivations for hiring a doula was I just wanted someone to say like, uh, this is, this means this is coming next or mm. kind of like someone that had been there before me because yeah. this was my first time and I had the goal of laboring at home, which didn't exactly work out that way because, <laughs> because of a scheduled induction and all that. Okay. But um, I wanted someone to be like, yeah, you're getting close mm. or they don't, you know, do checks of your cervix or anything like that, but they can kind of tell by how you're acting, where you are in the labor process and kind of help you and your partner know like when is a good time to go to the hospital or, okay. you know, just give you some advice on where you are in the process. Yeah. <laughs> is a, is a doula perspective, um, like more holistic, would you say? Or, Cause that's my impression, mm -hmm. but uh, based on, I, I know a little, yeah. <laughs> I've done some research and I've had friends obviously that are pregnant. Yeah. So I've spoke with them about it. So it is, did you find that helpful as well? Yeah, definitely. I wanted to try to avoid epidurals and pain medications. Okay. And like you said, the holistic part of them is they try to do comfort measures through massage and mm. through compression and through changing positions okay. with you to help manage pain without without medication. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So was that where you learned to um, help guide women that they can choose different positions for labor? Or was that like through, because I don't know if you have like continuous education that you mm -hmm. also do or... Yeah, so when I decided I wanted to pursue women's health, the um, American Physical Therapy Association is one of the organizations you can get continuing education through. Okay. And one of the whole courses that they offer is, um, it's called interpartum care, which basically means in the hospital, during labor, during delivery. Okay. And um, so that's where doulas and therapists can overlap a little bit. Mm. You won't often see... It happens sometimes, but not very often a physical therapist actually in a delivery room with you. Okay. Um, that's more what doulas seem to kind of take that role. Gotcha. So the physical therapist in me, we just kind of prepare you ahead of time. Like, okay, practice these positions. Know these are options. That mm. muscle memory of, okay, I've done this before. Mm -hmm. And then the doula is the one actually in the room. Walking the you through the it. day of, mm -hmm. okay, or multiple days of, yeah, possibly, <laughs> right. hopefully not. When it happens. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> okay, that's interesting because I definitely thought a doula, like knowing that it was more holistic based, mm -hmm. I thought they were more focused on coming in the home only. Mm -hmm. I didn't think they went into the hospital, oh, but yeah. I'm sure it maybe depends on the doula too. Yeah, um, most of the doulas that I know will do birth with you wherever you want. Okay. Um, you often do. See doulas hired for people that are planning home birth because mm -hmm. they know that epidurals and pain medication really isn't an option for them. Gotcha. <laughs> because you're at home and you don't have those things. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of one of the ways um, that they they ensure that they're not going to need those things. Okay. Um, I've actually heard of some hospitals where they provide a doula if you want it. So they have them like on wow. staff or on call, and then if you opt for that when you come in, they can they will bring them to you. Okay, that's <laughs> which is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> I wonder if that's newer. I think so. Yeah, I haven't heard of it anywhere around here, but when I did some of my courses, I know that they're doing it in other areas. Okay, so awesome. hopefully something up. You know, yeah, <laughs> things are changing definitely. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So. You have different clients. Do you have, like, online support groups for women that you offer? Like, they can be part of your team, or I don't know if you call it that. Yeah. Um, right now, I only have one face group, Facebook group going. Um, okay. It's, uh, and I 
from time to time we'll do challenges where I will be really active on there. Mm-hmm. Um, the group is kind of quiet. Okay. Um, they could ask questions. I would love yeah. if they ask questions. Um, but it kind of just depends. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who's in there. Yeah, exactly. Because that's one thing that I know um, I've heard others say that either prior to pregnancy or during or um, after they're like, I just wish I had a group of other moms who are also experiencing these things I'm experiencing to know, is this normal? Or like, why do I feel this way? Yeah. And so I think having a support group that you would offer, it like, it sounds like you already are, yeah. but it would just be a great re- resource for so many women to yeah. have somewhere to go as an outlet where they feel like they can ask the questions that they're wondering. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, as I'm like getting my group up and running, I love to be a part of other groups like mm. that. And if people ask questions that I feel like would benefit, yeah, like that's something. Oh, I know about that. I try to, you know, put in my two cents on the topic. Yeah, because I do. You do see a lot of those questions that women are just looking for. Is this normal? What should I do? Yeah, so. exactly. Just a wide range of experiences from things like postpartum depression or like lactation issues mm-hmm. or. Um, I don't know, a whole wide variety of things. Oh, yeah. Which lactation might be a little outside of your scope, but at least if there were other moms in the group, they could potentially pipe in and share their experiences too. Yeah, that's a whole, just like doulas, a lot of um, doula companies offer some kind of a lactation consultant because that's a whole Mm. other certification and definitely um, something that a lot of, especially first-time moms, have questions about because it's hard. (laughs) Breastfeeding seems like this easy thing in yeah. the movies or I don't know it's just portrayed as something yeah. that's so natural that it'll work um and I think a lot of moms find that when they really get into it it's it's tough it's more challenging than mm-hmm. they may have anticipated yeah. and I'm sure like you well just from things I've heard like it can feel um frustrating if you can't provide for your child in the way that you want to and so yeah having that support group would be super beneficial yeah And it sounds like, because I'm not as in the weeds as you are with women's health physical therapy specifically, it sounds like the field is, like, changing so fast with, like, just women learning more and more from each other online via the internet that it seems like, in the beginning, I was asking you, like, what books have you read and, like, resources? It seems like the books couldn't keep up with, like, how fast (laughs) the information is changing to be able to provide people with, like, you know, what's possible, because by the time the book gets published, we're already out here learning so much, so it's, do you ever, like, dig into any books, or do you feel like you mostly just use, like you said, research online, and just personal experiences and testimonies of yourself and clients? Yeah, I mean, I rely pretty heavily on um, the courses that I've taken, and then to keep up with, like, um, the new things that are coming, there's there's some um, gurus in the profession. Okay. One of them is named the Pelvic Guru, um, Julie Fitting. Weeb. Yeah, <laughs> Julie Weeb has she's a PT um, on the West Coast, I believe, who has done a, a lot of research in with athletes specifically. Okay. And so I try to stay connected with their newsletters and things that they're finding mm-hmm. um, because they're always putting out valuable research. But a lot of it is. Um, like you said, support groups, being a part of groups with other women's health professionals to try to stay up to date with how quickly things are changing um, and giving my clients the most up-to-date research. Yeah. So one thing that I've seen uh, as a strength and conditioning coach is that you know, I can read all of the science and the articles and it's it's great because it's tested and it's provable, but then everyone is so different that sometimes it's like finding what works for a specific individual. And not that we're neglecting the science, mm-hmm. but it's like because everyone's different, yeah. you kind of have to figure out what works for you. Do you see the same, same sort of thing with your clients? Yeah, for sure. Um, our profession in general is very research-based and we are trying to really go that way because we want people to be able to come to us directly and Mm -hmm. so that's why we moved to a doctorate degree um, so that we can be I mean we're held accountable for being able to see red flags and things like that yes Um, but on the same note we also have to have a lot of clinical judgment Mm. to say exactly what you're saying 
just because the research says this would work, if I tried it and it didn't work, what else is in my yeah. toolbox that we could try? Absolutely. The great thing about our profession, there's not a lot of things that we could do that are dangerous or, you know, could hurt someone. It might not work. We try something else, but it's not going to be dangerous. Because them. it's not, physical therapy is by nature not a super intensive type of Training. Yeah, we're not giving <laughs> medications. Um, we're doing very, very little like manipulations or things like that. So okay. basically, we're teaching exercise and we're t- teaching ways to move mm-hmm. well and that kind of thing. So there's really low risk in our profession. Thankfully. Yeah, absolutely. I know you, your main demographic is moms, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you mentioned, um, the pelvic guru works more with athletes. That's what she said. Right? Um, she, the pelvic guru is very just pelvic floor. Julie Weeb is another oh. um, physical therapist in the profession that specializes in athletes and is really doing a lot of research. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I was going to ask, have you worked with any athletes yourself? Um, I have. Um, I just recently worked with someone that does CrossFit. Okay. Um, and her big thing was it had been almost like a year and a half postpartum, and she was still leaking with mm. um, the double unders and yeah. some, some specific things there. And so I just walked her through. We tried to, like, break down the different things she was having a hard time with. I actually really loved working with her as an athlete because athletes often have really good body awareness. Mm. And so they already know (laughs) like what's going on with their body. um, And then we can just fine tune that and tweak that. Gotcha. Um, As far as me, myself, I'm not a big lifter. And so if someone really is like wanting to do competitive lifting or really high level, then I usually refer them to someone that's that's their specialty, <laughs> but also has good awareness of, like, women's health and that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Too. To be able to see both sides. Exactly. Yeah, I was wondering, like, clients who come to you more like general population clients versus an athlete, like, what are the differences that you see there? But maybe that's, like, so case-dependent. It is. Um, it depends because, you know, you have some athletes that are like, well, I'm going to do this just to say that I did this. Hmm. And those athletes are tougher to work with because they don't have good, I don't want to say body awareness, but they um, aren't necessarily listening to their body in yeah. the best way. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Because <laughs> sometimes things do need to be modified. Yeah. And, um, just, just because you can do this lift, but like if you're the way you did it is bad form. You could yeah. be doing more damage than good. Yeah. And there's actually some um, people that are really advocating for that as like, as a female athlete, like I know you want to lift this way, but like this is what happened to me mm-hmm. because I just did it even though it wasn't good for me. Yeah. And trying to help women see that focus on those goals <laughs> After you have your baby. Yeah. And you'll probably reach them faster if you modify during your pregnancy. Yeah. And just like, I think it's dropping your ego because like being, you know, the best at CrossFit or the best power lifter or whatever it was prior to getting pregnant is not the main goal right now. You right. have to kind of shift your why and focus on, on like, okay, we need to have a healthy pregnancy <laughs> and then we can, like you said, progress and get back to eventually where you were and stronger because now you're a mom and you can do all these things. Right, strength. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, is there anything like... Uh, like particular that like mentally it would make uh, actually no I don't really want to single out athletes I was I was going to say like is there anything that makes athletes more mentally challenging to work with but I don't want to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everyone has their own personality yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. like I said I think the biggest thing is just leaving your ego and just because it's safe and it's not going to hurt the baby doesn't necessarily mean it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Take it one day at a time, listen to your body. And I think, would you say that um, once you become pregnant, the idea of, like, listening to your body becomes easier? Like, do you think you get more aware of your body with being pregnant? Um, I think that, again, might depend on the person. Okay. Um. Definitely, there's a lot of changes going on with your body, so 
So some, sometimes yes, but yeah. I also think some women are, they don't want to be categorized as like wimpy because they're pregnant. And mm. so they are ignoring okay. something. Signs. I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, just speaking from personal experience, when I got injured in 2018, it was because I was an athlete growing up. And so like athlete mentality is when something gets hard, we just push through the pain and it's like, don't be mentally weak. And Mm -hmm. so that's signs of ignoring your body. However, once I got injured, I was like, okay, maybe my body is trying to tell me something. And so I didn't know if getting pregnant could somehow like because what I was where I was going was getting injured helped me to slow down and be like oh this is pain this is not just like I knew the difference between pain and soreness but I wasn't willing to listen to my body until that injury (laughs) so then it's like does getting pregnant help you to you know you can like feel a heartbeat you can feel kicking or whatever yeah so it seems like it would promote more body awareness, yeah. but I wasn't sure. And it, it kind of, like I said, I think it also depends on the per- the person. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and their um, pre- previous experiences, probably. Yeah, and I think the hard thing is that there's not a lot of guidance given by providers to say what is safe or what isn't safe. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's, they just say unless you're a high risk pregnancy sometimes you're high risk and then there are like a lot of restrictions that they put for you but otherwise it's kind of like just listen to your body and i mm. think it's so general that it feels like well if there's if i'm not going to hurt the baby i can just do whatever gotcha even though it might cause your abs to separate or it might put more stress on your pelvic floor or it might cause you know other injuries yeah um but I think that's what physical therapists are trying to fill that gap a little bit of, like, what exactly is safe. And we we yeah. are relying on coaches like yourself yeah. to really help fill that gap because not all of us are trained in um, high-level athletes like yeah. you are. Yeah. Do you feel like, let's see, with, with women who come to you, do you feel like um, – would you ever tell someone like, no, don't do these exercises or do these exercises or like, cause I, I know, I think most people know that like once you get pregnant, it doesn't mean you have to stop working out. Most of the time, I think doctors, most are advising this, like just continue to do what you were doing prior to getting pregnant. I think that's the general mm-hmm. rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but would you like like red flag be like don't do this exercise or start doing this exercise uh during pregnancy yeah that's another case by case there's not really like overall general like red flags unless it's like causing like your blood pressure to spike or Mm. your heart rate to get out of control or to me if you're doing things that are painful then Mm -hmm. that's you know you need to modify something (laughs) there yeah But you would be surprised. I actually had a friend who said her doctor advised her um, not to exercise because Hmm. her blood pressure was running a little bit high, which I found was interesting because to me, if you're, you can actually lower your blood pressure by doing exercise. Totally. Stress reliever. (laughs) Right. So even if it was low level, like I wouldn't have advised her to like, you know, start running on the treadmill even though she hadn't been running before. But I think there's an appropriate level of exercise for most women during pregnancy. Even people on bed rest. Yeah. I um, have seen them in the hospital and advise them on exercises they can do in bed without breaking their restrictions yeah (laughs) so there's always something you could be doing okay was your friend that was told not to exercise was she exercising previous to getting pregnant she was pretty active like six months before okay um some life changes and she wasn't very active like right before her pregnancy Mm -hmm. but i she was not high risk in other any way like she didn't have preeclampsia wasn't that high um, so I'm really not sure. I would love to know more information yeah. about what the doctor's reasoning was for that. Absolutely. We know that exercise has a lot of benefits, like you mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes me then kind of skeptical of my statement that I thought most ex- or most doctors would advise continue what you were doing prior to getting pregnant, but yeah. that might not totally be the case. Right. <laughs> and you have to think about, like, maybe you weren't active 
before your pregnancy, but like what better time to start doing something because now it's not just your health, it's your health and baby's health. Yeah. So obviously you're not going to like start in with something really high level seven days a week. Yeah. But even the um, association for OBGYNs is recommending like three to five days of moderate level intensity exercise. Okay. Which um, is a little lofty if you're a mom. That feels like a lot sometimes. Yeah. But it's a great goal and I'm glad that they're promoting that as like a organization or as a community. I think it's just a matter of getting all providers on board or providing appropriate education yeah. around that. Yeah, I think education is always like, it's like people aren't intentionally most of the time not doing something. It's just like ignorance and they just don't know any better, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But that's why we do podcasts like these. Yeah, like, <laughs> sure re- can... like you said, research is always changing. And yeah. So it's up to each provider to stay up to date on that. Yeah, stuff. exactly. To share with their patients and whatnot. Cool. Um, are there anything, what, what would you like the world to know about Mamas and Misses physical therapy and what's your future vision of the business? Let's kind of go into that segue. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, my vision for Mamas and Misses is, I think I kind of already touched on, I want it to be accessible and affordable, whatever level that's at, whether it's free YouTube videos or you want to get really involved in it and you want to do consults or buy the online courses. I want all women to at least have some knowledge about what what normal is, what mm-hmm. common is, and like what they can do to make changes for themselves. Yeah. Um, I my hope and vision is that no mom ever just settles yes. for this new body that they have and for sure it has changed, um, but that doesn't mean we have to sacrifice function. I think I think of it as a better body in some ways because of all that it has accomplished. Mm-hmm. But like we talked about, it needs attention. You need to invest time into yourself. Yeah. And taking care of yourself is important. And I know as a mom myself, it's really hard to make that a priority. But you really have to plan it into your week. That's yeah. really the only way to make it happen. I think that's the biggest thing that I hear from friends who are moms is just like they feel that mom guilt of like, how do I fit in the time for me? Because it's all about doing everything for my baby mm-hmm. and child now. And so I think, like you said, it's just like scheduling out, I don't know, maybe starting after you have a baby, like 10 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes at night or when the baby's down for a nap or just finding ways that it's feasible to work it in. And it can be, like I said, as small as 10 minutes. And then maybe after a couple times of that a week, you progress to 15 or 20 minute segments. And I think it's so like I was saying, it's so based on the person of like, what feels feasible for you? Because I'm not going to personally write a program for a client and say, this is based on science, the best program that's going to work for you and you need to follow it to a T or else you're like not going to get results. Because then if they're like, that seems unrealistic, they're not going to do it. They're going to feel discouraged and feel then worse about themselves that they're not keeping up with this like levels ahead of them program. So it's all about meeting the client where they're at and making it feel possible for them because then soon they'll progress smallly over time and realize I'm now doing the impossible. Right. It's just taking, even if it feels like it's a long journey and it's slow, it's better than not starting and just neglecting it because as we touched on, then you sacrifice other things of not being able to provide your, for your family and your child and all of that. So Yeah, and really it, it's going to change as your kids are at different ages and when mm-hmm. they're a baby and they're napping a lot, you can utilize nap times. And as they get older, you can do things that they can be involved in or a part of. That's a great idea. Exercise doesn't necessarily have to be in a gym, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to be really formal, you know? If getting out for walks or, like, lunging around the (laughs) playground is what you can do, like, you just have to start with something. Yeah, I actually really like the perspective of looking at movement as play, even as an adult or quote-unquote adult, because it's like we need to, like, you know, have that fun, like the child, like, 
um, behaviors of just getting back to what does it feel like to not have any worries and just be so like careless in a way and just like do what feels good and do what's fun for you. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and like you were saying earlier, your kids will see that almost childlike behavior and it will be fun for them rather than just maybe seeing mom do squats and they will resemble that. But I think like getting down and crawling with them or stuff that's more at their level would be, um, fun for the kids too. Yeah. They want to be just like us. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, let's see, I will link show notes, um, including where to find you online, Probably, uh, the doula probably that you mentioned, I think that might be helpful for some women. Yeah. Um, your, yeah, your YouTube, your website, everything that we've mentioned on the podcast today for listeners to find, uh, any closing remarks you'd like to share with the listeners? No, I just really thank you for having me on and for anyone that took the time to listen. I think like you're already taking a step in the right direction, just educating yourself on what's out there and available for you yeah well thank you nicole for being on and i look forward to continuing to follow your journey perfect thanks (laughs) you're welcome thank you for tuning in to the pursuit of authenticity podcast if you enjoyed this episode we would be so appreciative if you show your support by leaving a review or sharing it out with friends and family who may also benefit from the episode as well our goal with this podcast is to share knowledge to create a physically, mentally, and emotionally stronger version of you. So if that resonates with you, be sure to subscribe so you can be notified of future episodes. See you next time.